Welcome to the Ginger Wizard Productions Podcasting Masterclass, Episode 5. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about editing. Uh, This is the part where you can really add the drag to your wonderful podcast, the fiddly bit. I mean, I personally enjoy it. uh, And there are many temptations here. The whole kind of, ah, it'll be all right, that'll do. But I'll be honest, once you get into it, it's okay. And then you realise how much of a huge part of the podcasting process this is. Um, As I said, it can be tempting to leave edits in there that that shouldn't really be there. And in reality, um, the really techie bits can be actually quite intimidating. Mystical things like EQ and compression, uh, they can all seem very unnecessary to you at this point. After all, the subject matter of your show is great and you spend hours researching the exact right guest. And what even is compression anyway? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. But first of all, let's talk about the whole thing that springs to mind when you talk about editing, and that's chopping, chopping the audio, editing it. You might well be tempted to cut all the ums and ahs out of your audio, but just wait a second. I see a load of people on social media that use automated systems um, that will go through and chop out all the ums and ahs. They say, oh, look, I had 200 ums and ahs in here. But just think for a minute, it is a completely natural part of human speech. Yeah, some people do it way too much and you might do it accidentally in the wrong place and it ruins the flow of everything. And for sure, cut some of them out. But removing them all for the sake of it can make your audio sound a bit stilted and unnatural. Some of the great voices are umming and ahhing all over the place. For example, here is Jeremy Vine from one show this week with all the rest of his speech cut out. Just ums, just ahs. Here we go. Now, to be fair to Jeremy, he hardly did any ums and ahs there in the two hours that I scoured through. But it still happens. It goes to show it still happens. And if he can get away with it in various bits of his show, so can you to a certain degree. Let's get some tips and tricks from an expert. Give ourselves some insight. Let's speak to Martin Wiskin. He's an award-winning voiceover artist, no less. Hello, Martin. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you very much indeed. First of all, let's talk about your award because, you know, you can't say award-winning and just gloss over it. What what did you win? I I feel I've been found out now. Oh, no. I I am an award-winning voiceover, um, but the, the award wasn't for voiceover. So, but I'm still an award-winning voiceover artist. So I, I played with words a bit because that's what I do. Um, but it was, um, I had an idea for a project which did involve voiceover. And I went along to this um, like innovation kind of movement thing at, at the, one of the local unis. And I won an award for, for my innovative idea. And that's as simple as that. Yeah, and 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 but also I I did win uh, the long jump district athletics championship when I was twelve. <laughs> I mean, I proud of that. <laughs> the only thing I've ever really won, and um, you know, this is spanning a, a twenty plus year career. The only thing I ever won was at school, and that was um, dancing to Superman. Remember by Black Lace? Oh, yeah. Spray yes. your arms. And 
that's the only thing I've ever won. Do you think I could put award-winning podcast producer on the back yeah, of that? You're not, you're not lying. No, I did you won win an, an award. award. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So it's you. only when people dig in with prying questions <laughs> that you might, you might get found out like that. <laughs> Tell us what being a voiceover artist is like. We assume, you know, it's all in booths and a bit, you know, give us that again. And you, you've got a rich, lovely voice. What's it really like? There is that. There is that part of it, obviously. Um, and that side of it is fun. You know, you, you can have lots and lots of different things coming in every week and you never know what's coming next. And that's that's one of the things that I love about it. It's it's so different to my previous, you know, I was I've up until I did voiceover, I was always employed and every day really was the same, you know, in, in that those uh, jobs that I was doing. But yeah, voiceover is is exciting. Um, but it's also running a business. So there is the time, of course, when you're not in the box trying to find work to get back in the box and yeah, meeting people, sending emails, making phone calls, writing blogs for your website, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's a business like, like any other. So that's where, yeah, I, I think it's, it can be seen as, well, it, it is a ridiculous profession. Let's face it, you know, you get to make stupid noises and voices um, quite regularly and get paid for it. But there's more to it than that as with everything. What's your favourite line that's ever left your lips? From one day to the next, there's very little that I remember from the scripts that I've done because I don't need to remember the words. They, they're there in front of me. There are a few things that have stood out and it might not necessarily be my favourite line, but it's, it's, it's one that I always mention because it's so stupid. There was... And it was quite early on when I first started and it made me think, wow, I have definitely made the right choice of career with this. And a video guy got in touch with me and he said, oh, I've, I did some, some filming at a bodybuilding competition and, you know, with the, the men in their pants, covered in oil, flexing their muscles on stage. And he said, but the, the audio quality that I got wasn't great and it was mainly of the crowd noise, like cheering and whatever they do. And he said, so I need to replace the noises that the guys on stage were making as they were posing. So it wasn't even words. It was all that sort of stuff and puffing and panting. And it was at that moment I thought, yes, my life has taken a turn for the better. <laughs> how many did you have to do and, and, and how many varying styles? It, was, it wasn't a long video because it was like a montage thing. So t maybe two minutes long. But that was a, a good, at least 20 different grunts and groans and puffing and panting and just noises of exertion, I think, is, is what I framed it as. What an extraordinary <laughs> job. Right, let's get into it. Let's talk about editing. Do it. I played a, a clip a few moments ago of um, Jeremy Vine. I've just done it there myself. I'm, really, I'm, I'm being really self-conscious now. Of, of Jeremy Vine and all the ums and ahs he does during a show. And to be fair to him, there aren't that many. There are not that many at all. Uh, in two hours, he hardly does any. And when you actually listen to, to him, he start, he elongates his words. So if he, if your brain doesn't know what your mouth is going to say, which is when you get ums and ahs, he elongates them. So he'll say something like this. So you, and then ask the question, 
So he's just saying, so you. That takes, I think, some presence of mind. I mean, he's obviously trained his you know, his voice to do that. What tactics do you, do you employ? I mean, I, I guess you're reading off scripts more often than not, but when mm. you're, when you're allowed to be free, what tips and tricks do you have? This is, this is a really interesting question because you're right. So with, with scripts, I, it, they're very rigid most of the time, unless it comes across and they say, right, we want this to sound real. We want it to sound like conversational. So it's just like you're talking to a friend. So at that point, I do get the chance to actually add in that sort of stuff within the voiceover. So rather than just reading the lines, I sort of have to, you know, pause for thought, uh, chuck in some noises like, hmm, thinking, that sort of thing. So there, there is times where I am allowed to actually put that stuff in. In terms of how to not do it, and and then I can pick up on like the podcasting side as well because I do I edit podcasts for people as well as part of, of what I do. It's it's something that I think the more you're aware of it, the more you worry about it. So you sort of get into that anxious feeling rather than concentrating on the subject matter or the conversation you're having. And that's when it becomes less natural, I think. So you're just focused on the wrong things. So if you always have a plan, know what you're, where you're heading with the conversation, and I always think bullet points is a great one. Even if you want to keep it unscripted, bullet points will give you something to think, oh, so I need to try and bring it round to that, or that's where we're going next. Or it's something even just to just to remind you a thing about the guest or something like that, I think really helps. Because I'm starting to think about the ums and ahs now. So what I'm doing it's is really just hard. carrying on, carrying on talking it's to so, try and fill fill the space. It's so hard when you actually mm. do think about. I mean, I made the point earlier on that actually you don't need to get rid of all your ums and ahs because it's just yeah. part of natural speech. If you're in the pub or wherever, you will naturally, in your speech, go, uh, or, hmm, and it's fine. Yeah. And actually, I don't think people notice when you do it. I, I I think the person that notices it the most is the person that does the ums and ahs when listening back to it. And I, I suffer from that as well. So I'm a, a regular guest on a, a, a design podcast. I know nothing about design, by the way. The other guy, the the format is that he's teaching me about it. Um, and because I don't know much about it, I'm sort of fumbling for words all over the place. But that's the that's what's happening naturally to me. So to take out the ums and ahs of me trying to work stuff out and process it is completely goes against the natural feeling of it. And the more that you try to remove that stuff because either you're embarrassed or you think it makes you sound stupid or something like that, actually the worse it will sound because it will just become too robotic and just rigid. Leave them in. Leave them in. I, I think to a certain extent is where you... Yes, to a certain extent. Right, let's get really nerdy. Are you ready, Martin? Because this is going to get really nerdy. I, I, hopefully yes. some, some people will appreciate this. Um, first mm. of all, quick question. What do you use to edit audio? What programme? Um, I use Steenberg Cubase and it's a, it's like a multi-track um, digital audio workstation. And the reason I use that 
is because my past is music and I would record demos where you'd need several vocals, bass, drums, guitar, and all of the tracks. So I've, I knew how to use that when I first got into voiceover. And that's what I use now to edit voiceover and to edit podcasts as well. You don't come across many Cubases. So welcome to the show. No. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's not a common one, yeah. which, is, which surprised me because back in the day, it was always Cubase or Cakewalk, I think. Cakewalk. Crikey, that's going back a few years. You yeah. see, I, I, um, I've used Adobe since it was Cool Edit and... Um, you know, yeah, I know what I'm doing with it, but it's you know, it's it's whatever you feel comfortable with. There is no right or wrong answer, mm. there is there, I suppose. Yeah, um, absolutely. Here's a really geeky question: What's your favourite edit to make? What brings you confident- the joy? Okay, I can confidently say I've never been asked that question before, and I probably never will again. But I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, my favourite edit to make, and this is from a. I go from a voiceover perspective. It's it's if there's a sentence in a script or something where I, I'm listening back before sending it to the client and I think, oh, I've, I've been slightly loose on that word or I mispronounced a T or something. So I go back in the box, I record the full sentence and sometimes rather than just replacing the full sentence, I will literally bring it right down to that one word or that tiny bit of the end of the word and you know, I might put the end of a T on a word where I dropped it before and to make it sound like well just normal like you that you can't hear the edit and no one else would would hear it I think that's <laughs> and it's funny it, it does it sounds really nerdy but it's a really beautiful thing to hear a, a clean edit that no one would notice is there I that is exactly mine that no you know that, <laughs> I can't, every time, I feel like I should have a bell here that I ring. When that edit is made, it, it's just the best feeling on earth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a similar thing with um, if you have to edit down a music track or something and you it's a four-minute song, but you only need a minute of it and you sort of maybe edit the end bit into the middle so it ends somewhere differently. Oh, love that stuff. Getting the cymbal it's, crash from bar 12 to mix with a sim- the same cymbal crash on bar 36 yep. or whatever is also a great yeah. feeling, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's funny. It, it's one of the things I really, really enjoy the editing process because it's seeing the, the, the piece to its final state. So I get the word sent in or the podcast sent in and then, you know, doing the edit is like the, cr- the real creative part for me um and it, it feels it makes me feel clever sometimes doing edits like that i don't know whether it should or not but it makes me feel intelligent <laughs> it's something a random person in tesco that you meet probably can't do yes exactly exactly and that you know we can lord it over those people um right finally <laughs> uh, i uh, and i feel like this might be slightly unfair but um, in 30 seconds, we've touched on it slightly already, but in 30 seconds, can you explain a compressor? I'm going to time you on here um, on my stopwatch. So are you ready? Do you think you can yes. do it? Right. You ready? I will try. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. A compressor is a piece of 
something that goes into your audio software base. It's probably already in there, and it's used to tame the peaks of um, an audio signal. So if you've got a piece of uh, narration, for example, where someone's shouting and then they're whispering, the idea is to bring the differences between those two volumes of shouting and whispering closer together. Can't tell you the names of all the knobs and dials and things, but yeah, compressor literally compresses. Oh, look at that. Talking to time as well, Martin. You truly are award-winning. Martin, it's been been lovely talking to you. Thank you for coming on the show. And um, if people want to get hold of you to do a bit of voiceover work, uh, maybe just have a chat. You know, you like talking for a living and and doing it in your spare time, I guess. Uh, How do people get hold of you? Um, They can just search for my name. It's Martin Wiskin, W-H-I-S-K-I-N. And I think... I'm the only one in the world. Oh, so yeah. I should I should come up with it. I think so. Really? I think so. I think so. It's not a very common surname. Yeah. When I was growing up, there was maybe because there was there used to be a website where you could find out how many of the same surname there were in the country. Yeah. And there was like 150 people with Whiskin for a surname. Yeah. It means wise man. I don't know whether that's true or not. Mm. But. <laughs> Certainly in the field of editing, Martin, you are truly a wise man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for, for coming on and talking to us. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the world's only Martin Wiskin. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Literally the one and only Martin Wiskin. Uh, many thanks to him for appearing on the show. Uh, before I go uh, from this episode, let's just circle back on something. Volume levels, they are so important. It can really put a listener off your podcast if it sounds so much quieter or perhaps even worse, louder than other podcasts your audience might be listening to. And that's where your compressor comes in. You kind of even it all out. So what you don't want to be doing is annoying the people trying to listen to your podcast if they're having to turn it all the way up because it's too quiet or you've just blasted the eardrums and they've got to turn it all the way down. So as you may have gathered, editing is the part where you can really add polish to your podcast and really make it pop. Some audio people will tell you that quality isn't that important, but I think it really is. Uh, My background is in live radio and really podcasting isn't that different when it comes to keeping someone's attention. We'd always avoid getting someone on the phone because they can be hard to hear if the listener uh, is in their car or something else is going on around them. The danger is, obviously, that they stop listening, find something else to listen to, and then you've maybe lost them forever oh and before i go on today's episode let's talk about length now obviously you can dictate some of this when you're in the recording phase but in the editing phase or post-production as it's technically known you can hone your podcast to the exact length you like so therefore editing out bits where you think oh actually that's quite boring There are no rules, really, to length, but it's worth remembering that a lot of people who listen to podcasts listen to them while they're commuting. The average commute time is about 27 minutes, which is why a lot of podcasts are about that length, half an hour, 20-ish something minutes. The key is, the longer your audio, the more interesting it needs to be. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, If you're stuck or would just rather someone else had the pain of doing it for you, get in contact, nick at gingerwizard.co.uk. 
in the next episode. It's the last one. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sure there's a feeling of relief. We'll be talking about promotion and what you need to do to get your podcast out there. See you then. Bye.